Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. There's a whole fleet of them. Look on the ASA. My gosh. They're all going against the wind. It was basically a cube with inside of sphere where the points of the cube uh, were touching outside of the sphere. It's a worldwide phenomenon. First up on the listener call-in for January 2022, we've got Joe in London. Joe, how are we? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? I am very well. Thanks for being the first caller on the the first listener call-in show of the year. Um, I got your email and you'd put down a few things you wanted to talk about um, which was really interesting uh, you mentioned uh, I- I'd seen Grant Cameron posting about some some recent signals being transmitted and things like that so it was a, a fascinating way to kick off the show I thought so I'm glad you're on first uh, so the floor is yours Joe what do you want to talk about yeah um, so I think to to wind back a little bit yeah Grant Cameron did post recently about uh, a podcast he had done with uh, Jimmy Blanchett and Marcel uh, Vidovich on some recent results with the um, various attempts to to gain contact through the radio modality I think he coined it C6 um, but essentially he, he was um, getting a lot of set success with that um, but to, to go back a step I actually um, got a sort of advanced notice of of what of this work that was going on early on in the year um, I, I know someone who's who's been in touch with Mark Sims and Mark Sims has been in touch with Jamie Blanchett so I, I actually got um, the, the there's a PDF document um, on how to set up um, basically have a, a, a sorry a, a simple handheld radio um, doesn't have to be too powerful um, I've got a five watt one and it tells you how to take a, a message and then just to decode it um, so encode it into a particular uh, format and then you kind of you you uh, you send that over the radio signal and um, the idea is that you can actually broadcast a message and it gets encoded um, at the other end so um, sorry decoded at the other end <laughs> oh yeah, yeah it's basically <laughs> and so um, basically I, I gave this a go last year I, I think I mentioned uh, I was on another call and I mentioned I do a bit of CE5 mm-hmm. um, and during those events I, w- I would send out a message of you know the location I was at um, the people in the team and various things 
And um, I, I was sending that out. And as much it wasn't the focus of the CE5 event, it was interesting that my radio was going off intermittently. Now, I wasn't sort of focusing on what's what that um, what the, what the radio was doing too much. But it was was kind of odd. But it wasn't until I heard this podcast that I actually looked back um, at um, I actually recorded a video of one of the times, and it actually came it, it came that um, it, it seemed that actually I was actually getting a response. It wasn't just random interference and noise. Um, so yeah, I'm really quite fascinated um, to see you know where this goes. Um, I'm waiting to see. I think Grant Cameron's going to put on a, a video soon on his channel. Uh, because I've only heard the audio so far, so I'm hoping to see the videos as well. There's a load of really cool slides, but uh, essentially, I think um, what Jimmy Blanchet is up to, he, he does seem to be what could be um, our first real contact if, if it goes down that road. Um, you know, it's, let, it's let me ask Joe. Let me ask because that's interesting. That the idea, and uh, as you spoke about last time, you you practice CE five. So with CE5, you generally don't have to have any sort of physical object to to potentially summon other craft or orbs or or, or light beings, whatever they might be that, that people say they see. What's the purpose of, of the radio itself? Is that as an addition, as you say, Grant Cameron calling it CE6 and, and coining that? What's mm. the purpose of the radio and, and what sort of messages do you get on that end? It, it's interesting because um, a lot of uh, what I've heard from CE5 is that they are trying to almost put technology away and try and just focus on meditation and and, and contact through through that. Um, but I, I am a kind of a bit of a nuts and bolts person. I'm quite in, interested in um, trying to get video evidence, trying to uh, get any form of uh, response on the radio. So I, I think I've I've sort of taken on a bit more of a technical aspect of it, but I appreciate that uh, other people in the group may be more interested in the in the. I mean, I'm I am interested in the meditation side and gaining contact, but I just you know I've, I've kind of tried broaden across different areas. Um, so I'm just I'm just fascinated with the whole thing and interested to see you know where this is going. And what do those responses come through? Like you you've say you're sending a message out. Is it a voice? Is it is it Morse code? Is it just like is it a frequency change? So this is the interesting thing. Um, I'll maybe for, for, I'll tell you a bit about what Jimmy's found is that um, he's got two radios side by side on the first, on the same frequency. He then sends out this message out on one radio, and he only gets the response back on one of the radios, even though they're both the same frequency. So whatever's happening seems to be breaking the laws of physics, so to speak, because. Um, it's it's uh, if it was just interference or something a message coming from somewhere else that that's using another radio on the same frequency then you'd expect the response to happen on both radios um for me i get the same response i haven't got two radios at the moment so i haven't been able to test this the, the same thing but what i get is um almost like bursts of um what seems to be interference um but there's sort of bursts in such a way that that when when you think about it you think oh that could just be could be nothing but when you kind of look at it there is a, an element of what could be intelligence about it in terms of how the bursts are the period um the distance between the bursts so i'm trying to sort of uh, analyze it myself so i haven't got anything specific but um there does something be something to it uh, and the thing is when they when those bursts end the radio ends silent for ages so i don't know if that means anything but it's it, it doesn't seem completely random if, you, if that makes sense 
Yeah, sure. Like I say, I've not listened to that particular uh, show from Grant yet. I've seen it posted on on Facebook, and it's one I will be catching up on myself. Um, you you had mentioned yeah. that in your email you've actually started your own podcast now as well. Yeah, I'm I'm sort of diving into that. I'm just fascinated by the subject and wanting to add to the uh, to the list of options that people have to to get get more information. Um, it's called Up the Vibe. Uh, it's on. It's on Apple, Apple Podcasts and um, Spotify at the moment. Um, it's early days, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, I've actually managed to potentially get Jimmy Blanchett uh, has agreed potentially to be on the podcast in in the next couple of months. So, um, so I'll let you know if that, if I do manage to get him on, and um, and obviously if you can get it on on your show, it'd be it'd be amazing, including Grant Cameron and and the likes of the others that have been involved. Yeah, I had Grant on uh, the middle of last year, I think it was. So maybe someone to reach out to again, especially with the the happenings of the last few months and the the amendments going through as part of the NDAA yeah. and get Grant's thoughts on those. So Grant's yeah. a, an intense guy when he talks. So it's one you have to be prepared for before you speak to him. I know he's great, but his his focus is definitely going down the more the more consciousness side of things, and. Um, Sort of going beyond uh, the kind of you know lights in the sky and just then thinking about it in in terms of you know how to um, at like CE five um, sort of uh, go beyond um, our own uh, current state of consciousness and, and and elevate elevate that to a point where we can then communicate with them because I think there is a there are levels of consciousness uh, that's um, is is part of the equation and it's it does seem that we need to raise our consciousness and they maybe bring theirs down for us to be able to uh, to communicate with them i think there is a, a something to to be said for that that theory i want to ask everyone joe on the call in this week uh what are your hopes for the year ahead in 2022 what are you hoping we achieve as a community or what do you hope to see as an individual and from from the ufo community and ufo world um for me it's it's going to be an amazing year i really feel it um it's already started um in a huge way with lots lots going on and it's it's just going to get bigger and bigger i think um there's just it's multi multiple strands of um of change and it's not just the uh, the ndaa the Gillibrand amendment that's going on and how people in 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 congress are now starting to discuss the subject and that the, the ending of of the stigma around being able to discuss the the topic um, it's also all the research that's going on with Avi Loeb and the Galileo project and UAPX, and that's that's amazing. Um, but there's also just um, just CE5 and 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 that group just expanding as well. So there's there's almost various um, ways that this the phenomenon is is growing in terms of just people talking about it and getting engaged with it, and it, it's it's just going to go um, just get bigger and bigger. And I I really do see. Um, the next next few years being key but i really see a bright future really awesome joe uh, that's enough time for uh, that's all the time we've got for this first call but good way to kick off the show good way to kick off the new year and uh, look forward to hearing a bit more from you in the future especially when you've got some uh, some more to report from your from your radio experiments as well oh thank you very much andy next up we go from london to chicago illinois and we have matt on the pod matt welcome to the podcast Hello, what's up? It's good to be here. It's good to have you on. Uh, Matt, the, the floor is yours. What do you want to talk about? Okay. Um, well, I'm a, an independent researcher for um, basically pyramids and ancient cultures and all that stuff, which was completely obsessed. And 
I hope it's okay to kind of like build up to my question um, because um, obviously something's going on. Like when we get cut to crap, something is going on with, with our reality that with the UFO stuff and with, I know with, with what the ancient Egyptians supposedly had built, like something isn't really quite adding up because, you know, you have these gigantic, large megalithic architectures all around the world. Like why are there pyramids all around the world? There's a reason for it. And I just wanted to try to tie some of these uh, ideas together um, and kind of just see what you think. Um, we, we got the uh, obvious multiple human species. We are uh, a hybrid species, right? We know that there are Neanderthals and Denisovans. So bottom line is we are a hybrid species. Um, and, you know, you kind of would start to ask, like, where does that even come from? Where, where do we come from? Where to start? Um, and then you can just fast forward time, hundreds of thousands of years, like the birth of religion, the birth of, you know, the religious experience and, and psychedelics and what all that, like anybody can trip on psychedelics. And it's just, I'm having a hard time. Like what is going on? Because the people who are running the show are children. They don't know what they're doing. And, and it's like, we're at this point where Obviously, the globe is is coming to a a, a, a higher self awareness, and it seems like there's something trying to stop us. You know, um, I I really feel like we're on the cusp of, of uh, evolving, and I just kind of wanted to see what you what your thoughts were. Uh, so yeah, uh, you mentioned that. It's funny. I was watching an old Tom DeLong interview today for for something I'm going to be bringing out soon, and um, it was from 2016, uh, one of his first big interviews on Jimmy Church, Fade to Black, and it was i'm trying to listen to what tom was saying five and a half six years ago as to to what happened and where his journey went before ttsa and all that kind of stuff and again it was a lot of the same things that we have these entities or forces or beings that aren't there for our own good that it was quite a negative message you know that there's there's beings feeding off of negativity and um we heard a lot of that as well from, from other people before tom but Tom's obviously came out a bit more recently than a lot of those folks. And it goes back to, again, these statements that our history is not what we've been told. Obviously, when you talk about Egypt and the pyramids, it doesn't necessarily go back as far as like 50 and 70,000 years. But Lou Elizondo on the Kurt Mungo theories of everything mentioned that at some point around 70,000 years ago, our our DNA got like a help along the way, a little bit of a boost. And all of a sudden we became the kind of apex predators, the top species on the planet. And and you're right. And when you fast forward to times like, you know, we, we all know Egyptians built the pyramids, apparently. Um, how they built them is obviously still way up for debate these days. I know you see these videos, don't you, where, well, they could have just done this and they could have just done this, but then you find out that the blocks used were brought from so far away and it's just like surely and with the complex nature of how they were built, the mathematics and the the geology to line them up where they did with the stars is mm-hmm. incredible and would be so hard for us to do with our own technology and then how they built them inside. And and then, like you say, for similar structures, almost identical to be found around the world as well. It's not like language developing where mm. different dialects and tones develop, but you're a similar species. They've built the exact same buildings, and like you say, is it does it go as far as an Indiana Jones where it's a pyramids or spaceships, and maybe not, but is it is it there to channel some sort of frequency or for contact? And 
Yeah, it's I absolutely am all for if people listen to the podcast regular, like I've I've mentioned a couple of times that Egyptians got help building the pyramids. And I imagine these things are dotted around the planet for a reason. What that reason is, I'm I'm not entirely sure. Why would you go through the effort? Because it's not the most it's it's they're doing it as as difficult as possible. You mentioned that they're going 500 miles away to get granite. So that means they're going around looking for a specific type of stone. It, it, pyramids are weird, man. And I do believe that not all of it is good because sometimes I do get kind of a, a weird, not good feeling. And if I can drop a little bit of information that I just figured out yesterday, if you pull up the Google map, because I'm sure you've seen um, uh, a lot of the uh, Masonic um, imagery where you get like a tri- inverted triangle. Yeah. So I'm looking at Egypt, where are the pyramids, the Great Pyramids in Giza, and funny enough, the opposite end of the planet, almost exactly, is where the pyramids of uh, Teotihuacan in uh, Mexico is. In, and we know that like 80,000 people were murdered in that sort of place. And it's like, it almost completes this picture for me, whatever the pyramid and inverted pyramid means it's, it's like on this planet and it's just like, what's going on now. Again, there's the idea of, is it like, like a pole where you've got a North and a South pole, but you've got a pyramid at one end, a pyramid at the other, and they're drawing in some sort of energy. Are they sending out messages? Are they there for receiving messages? Is it something that's lying dormant? Is it something that's now totally defunct? And is just is it just a relic that that was used thousands of years ago? But at mm-hmm. this point, it's it is just that, and it's not really there to be awoken anymore. But I I, I can tell you a story. I I worked with a a guy who was a radio DJ, um, around various different places in the Middle East and and stuff like that. Not like a celebrity or anything like, but he was a he was doing some work where I work. And he told me him and his wife where when they were based in Egypt, there was a huge blackout one night and all these lights started dancing around the top of the pyramids. He said literally the lights were out for a few minutes and everyone was standing watching these things. Uh, no reporting of it on the news, no talk about it. It was very much everyone saw these things, you know, because I think the view of the pyramids you tend to see, and this, I was quite old when I realized this, but you think they're out in the middle of the desert, but they're not. If you look at the other view, if you look like a Google map, they're right next to the cities. But, I mean, there's mm-hmm. literally a motorway not too far from the from the pyramids. Uh, and he mm-hmm. said there was thousands and thousands of people who saw these lights flying about the pyramids and then lights came back on and they went. Um, so again, stuff like that to me is, is fascinating, but I'll need to get someone on, I think, in the future who's a bit of a, a specialist in the subject. But Well, I think you just need to ask the right questions. I mean, it's it's man, it just begs the question, like, there's stuff here, right? Like, the, isn't it more likely that there is something here that we don't understand that's watching us than, which is possible too, but then traveling hundreds of light years away to come here from outside? Like, just likely, is it more likely? And when I see the Tic Tac or try to imagine it zipping around and interacting with something in the ocean, like, dude, what's going on? What, what is happening? <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, it makes life more exciting, to be honest, and kind yeah. of scary. I, I was on there. Uh... Sean Rash, Witness Citizen, last night, and Sean had asked me what I thought about you know phenomenon and what had changed in my opinion over the course of doing the podcast. And I said just that that you come into the subject with an interest normally, and in it's aliens coming from other planets and what's going on. And then as you go along, you evolve and you, you yourself and you 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 come up with different theories based on what other people have said, and you you take bits and pieces of other people's opinion and you kind of form your own. 
Uh, and I really do think, and like I told Sean, that you've got to a point where there is stuff coming from other planets, but maybe they're drones more than likely. Are they manned? Are they not? Potentially, does it happen as often as we think? Who knows? But I do think there's something else here. It's probably been here for, for a long time. I think even some of the movies I saw the last kind of 10, 15 years, like the War of the Worlds movies, they show you that uh, these things are already here. They were in the ground and what's lying about this planet under the water, under the ice of Antarctica. You know, that's one I've always said I want to do a show on on the podcast, but it's it's, a, it's an awkward one because there's a lot of woo in, in, in speculation when you go into that that conversation. But for, for me, I think there's a lot that points to whether it's religious imagery, uh, hieroglyphics in the pyramids, cave paintings. There's been stuff flying about in the skies for, for thousands of years before anyone could say, yeah, it's just a drone, which is the frustrating argument these days, I think. Well, it's, even if it is, it's like, why why the secrecy? If there is something here, why is there no communication between two? Or maybe they, maybe it is really interdimensional and there's like an Earth too. And for whatever reason, there's these weird portholes where they can sort of, I don't know, dude. The reality is weird because three dimensionals, uh, dimensions is almost impossible to honestly comprehend. Um, and and to, 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 I suppose there's up to nine. So, I mean, that means there could be creatures from each dimension. Like, you know, and they're just saying what's up. Matt, just before we finish up, because we're running out of time, do you want to mention your own YouTube channel? Because I know I've been on I that would, myself. I would like to do that. If anyone has... Uh, found anything that i that i said interesting i do have a youtube channel trying to grow it's called 777 creations there's the channel name and uh, my name is matt and um yeah I, I appreciate you uh giving me the opportunity to do this that's all right it's been good talking uh, and we'll definitely call in on the next one and we can expand in the conversation but the link for that channel will be in the description for the podcast as well awesome Happy New Year's from our friends over at Manscaped. The ball has officially dropped on 2022, like a tic-tac falling from 80,000 feet. But don't drop the ball on your own grooming. It's time you brought the sexy back in 2022 and step up your game with Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped to help them bring in the new year with the right tools for the job. Go to manscaped.com and use code ANDYUFO for 20% off and free shipping it's a new year it's a new you and we hope in this new year a new ufo office will finally push us forward with the tools to crank up the heat on disclosure well the manscaped performance package 4.0 contains six essential tools for the ultimate below the waist grooming routine Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you find the Signature Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin. The advanced skin-safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate orbs. And it also comes equipped with a 4000K LED spotlight that will shine a light that puts those Phoenix lights to shame, folks. Remember, get 20% off and free shipping with the code ANDYUFO at manscaped.com. After the break, I've got Dan joining me for a couple of calls. Dan, welcome to the podcast. Finally, it's uh, it's good to jump in halfway halfway through, roughly. It's halfway through, yeah. Through the magic of editing, it makes it sound like you've just jumped <laughs> on halfway through a couple hours of recording. Um, so next up, we've got Sloan out in Idaho. Sloan, how are we? I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself? Yeah, awesome. Really good to speak to you. Second time on the podcast as well. Yes, sir. Uh, Sloan, uh, the floor is yours. What do you want to talk about? Uh, so I've been listening to a lot of Jerron Ramirez and his interviews he's been doing recently. 
And, uh, you know, he talked that he went to a conference that didn't appear to be like uh, top secret or anything because it was just held at like a hotel conference room and that he was given this information, had a cell phone on him. And he specifically talked about how he was told that humans are, are hybrids between aliens and it happened like something 70,000 years ago. And I just wanted to hear your guys' thoughts on that. If you had heard that, I mean, what are your thoughts? So this is a timely conversation because I've, I've had this chat uh, publicly on Twitter just on, and on Discord and privately it's came up in the, the group chat with Dan and some of us from UAP Media just on John Ramirez because he's still out there and still doing interviews and still still talking, which is great. And I can't claim to have heard every one of his interviews because he's been really generous to, to put himself out there. So short of a couple he's done uh, as well as my own. It's an interesting one because he has come on the scene and very quickly said a lot. I think instantly people compare him to Lou Elizondo. Um, take a shot if you have. We're playing the Lou Elizondo game. How many times I mention his name? But you have to compare him to Lou. And yeah. Lou built up what he said over a, a period of time. And it was very reserved at first. And I think if, as time has gone on, he said a lot more and been a lot more open John kind of came straight out the bat talking hybrids, potential cataclysms, time travel, all the stuff that we've been hearing. And I think we, we were chatting, weren't we, Dan? And John's a lovely guy. I personally, I'll be really honest and say, I get a little confused sometimes where the line blurs between John's opinion and his assumed knowledge, but then also his, his actual knowledge from his position. And yeah. that, that for me can be quite confusing because with some people I can tell this is what they think, this is their opinion, and then this is what they know and they, they toe the line. Whereas John just seems to just seems to go in terms of conversation. Um Dan, you, I mean what what are your thoughts with uh, Mr. Ramirez? Not not too different, to be honest. I, I I I have listened to all of his interviews, literally every single one. <laughs> um and He's over the course of all of those interviews, he's gone from labeling his speculation fully and properly to incorporating it within the sections where he's talking about things mm -hmm. that are fact. So whereas yeah. at the beginning he he had there was this whole presentation where he was talking about yeah. which agencies handled what type of data, how you would FOIA them, why you would FOIA them. Um, and that stuff was already useful. And then it went into the speculation about the badges and what the mission badges could mean. And then talking about yeah. reptilians. And then a couple of interviews later, he was an experiencer and this story started kind of pouring out. And I'm, mm. I'm not in the position to say whether this is all true or not. Um, it's just that I, I agree. I think he mixes his speculation in with the fact and it ends up confusing people. Um, yeah. There was an element of me that thought he explained a bit that the CIA kind of stirs the pot and mm. then he began to stir the pot and i just uh -huh. literally just explained this is what you do and now you're doing it to us um yeah. but again i don't know for sure um it's just one of those plates the the unknown plates that we're going to have to keep spinning but for yeah. me he's some people may see him as on par with lou but i i would disagree just because of how how aware of the audience Lou and Chris Mellon and people like that are, you know, when they set out yeah. the five pillars kind of plan, there was an obvious kind of idea to drop breadcrumbs and slowly, you, you know, lead, lead the horse to water. Um, yeah. But as Lou liked to say, you know, if you, <clears throat> it may, 
I think this was Lou. Uh, you you can you know drown a horse if you give it too much water, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what John uh, does to a certain extent. Yeah, Sloan, I, I would say. I want to ask you, Sloan, because something that kind of comes up in the conversation is like disinformation. And do you think John Ramirez is someone who is trying to get involved in the conversation and just having a good time doing that, sharing his opinion and and being quite a big name very quickly if you look at any of his interviews if you look at the main channels that have talked to him yeah. some of their bigger interviews and bigger numbers are off of john ramirez yeah. and is it just a case of he is enjoying his discussions his time in the community what he's saying do you think he's potentially deliberately putting himself out there is it a bit of misinformation disinformation or is it something in between I think it, uh, honestly, I'm, I'm maybe a, I'm a middle of the road person, but I think it might be something in between. Uh, the reason being is because, like you said, CIA does do disinformation, like they put stuff out there, or they what did you say, controlled disclosure, something like that, where they'll have a certain timeline that they want things to like leak out. And the fact that where he got the the whole humans as hybrids was uh, kind of a not really public forum, but it wasn't like top secret, right? It wasn't in like one of those things where you can't get any signals in or out, that sort of thing. It was at a hotel conference room. He had his cell phone on him. He saw the people that were there. And he even said, it was like, I'm not sure why they had this. And it wasn't like top secret, right? There was a university professor. So maybe this is something they wanted to leak, right? Maybe this is something that they wanted to put out there. Uh, reason for it, did it follow the timetable? Was it something that it's disinformation. I, I wouldn't be able to say. I do think it's interesting. Like, uh, you know, Lou did say something about our history. You know, humans changed 70,000 years ago, and John even referred back to that. Um, and I was actually in college, I read a few studies. Um, one was about uh, the Russian silver tail foxes and how in 20 generations they were able to domesticate them. And how uh, they became kind of like dogs, right? They had floppier ears, not as pointy of snouts. They weren't, didn't even have silver tails anymore. Um, all that stuff. And it's like, we did that with, with wolves, right? That's our modern dog, our, our best friends. And so I don't even think you have to get as technical, like as aliens intervening and, uh, you know, genetically putting their DNA into us. Like uh, looking at humans, we kind of share some of those telltale signs of domestication, right? We have bigger eyes, bigger brain capacities, less musculature, less hair, um, all that stuff that kind of went along with that. Uh, there was a follow-up study to the Russian silvertail fox um, uh, study where they were checking nonverbal communication and they wanted to know if that was a carryover from wolves or if that was something that was specific to domestication. And so they tested the domesticated Russian silvertail foxes, dogs, wolves, chimpanzees, wild, as well as uh, raised by humans. And the three that actually had the best nonverbal communication were dogs, domesticated Russian silvertail foxes, and chimpanzees that were raised by humans. Uh, wolves didn't have it at all, so it wasn't something that carried on. And so, um, you know, if I was like Elon Musk and I had billions of dollars that I could blow, I think I would I would invest in a multi generational study of domesticating chimpanzees or some other great ape and seeing if they end up becoming more like human. Because I don't think. This is just my personal belief. I don't think you have to go as crazy as, oh, we have alien DNA to get the same results as uh, of what humans are, what separates us from uh, from other animals. It's just domestication. We're just like very domesticated primates. 
is, is my thought. And that's, that's what I got reading those studies in college. Maybe so. we're already at the end of someone's study and uh, yeah. this is the kind of final chapter. <laughs> this, is, uh, yeah. this is where no, we're just at. Just letting it run wild, right? Yeah. And just see what happens. Yeah. Dan, you want to comment on that? You raise a, uh, an interesting point, though. Like the hybrids is another one of these terms that we all use, but we all probably mean very different things by it. You, you know, yeah. some people think when we say hybrids, they think of, you know, aliens in labs splicing genes and then creating clones and, you know, armies to dig for gold. So the story goes. Um, yeah. Whereas, it could be as subtle as panspermia and certain molecules coming into our environment and becoming part of the ecosystems that are, are, are our bodies um, and just changing it that way. And when when Lou talks about that kind of explosive growth 70k years ago and the issue of cataclysms keeps coming up, um, I know a lot of ancient civilization studies uh, research kind of goes down the rabbit hole of maybe there was a cataclysm before and people from a smaller but civilized society kind of spread out on the earth to domesticate the rest of us so it's interesting that you're kind of thinking that way but from a different angle as well yeah i like i said or maybe you know were some aliens uh elon musk that had billions of dollars wanted to see what would happen if they domesticated primates and see what what they turned into right Um, yeah absolutely and it, it makes you wonder as well you know in in the other kind of eons of the earth's history is is this just our go? Is this the apes go? You know, yeah. before you know, when we talk about things that are as crazy as, for example, reptilians, maybe you know, in the billions yeah. of years that this planet has been around, maybe there were some extra smart bipedal reptilians walking around. Um, yeah. it, it gets pretty crazy pretty quickly. But this is why I think it's important to kind of label the speculation and label the facts. You know. Uh-oh. Yeah, this is totally our speculation, right? Like, I think it's interesting along those same lines. Like, uh, Graham Hancock usually says, uh, humans are a species with amnesia, right? Because we only think really in our terms of our lifetime, which let's say best estimate 70 to 80 years, right? Whereas, uh, and we have history back, what, 5,000 BC, something like that. Uh, whereas humans as, as Homo sapien have been around, what, 200? I think I just read something today where it was like, 230,000 years uh, as homo sapiens they just pushed it back uh so how many like histories of our known history that we know of now have have come and gone in that you know 230,000 years when we really only have archaeology back 5,000 years so yeah yeah absolutely there there was a study i can't remember if it was last year or the year before it it was a an old settlement i think it was just outside israel and it got hit by uh, a meteor and the study basically found that it was so hot that if a modern day car had been there it would have melted to liquid within like 0.1 of a second and people always say well where's the technology it's like well i mean if something like that happened there's simply not going to be anything there right yeah i agree just as we run out of time, Sloan, I want to ask everyone on this call, and it's the, the new year, the new month and all that, first of 2022, what are your realistic expectations and hopes when it comes to UFOs in 2022? Uh, I'm really hoping the Galileo project uh, like actually gives us some good information as well as the new uh, telescope. What is it? The um, James Webb telescope gives us some some good data. Um, and maybe this is the whole point of why this is all happening now is because we have things like the Galileo project, things like the James Webb telescope. Uh, so my realistic expectations is we'll probably get, I mean, we've been kind of spoiled since 2017, let's be completely honest. So, uh, I would say 
maybe just more of the same, maybe not at an accelerated rate, but just more info, more data. They're like, oh, we found a planet that has uh, life that we can see through the James Wood telescope. There's there's certain uh, molecules that only life can create, like methane or whatever. Uh, that's that's my expectation. Uh, you know, my my wildest, if I had my wish, that we would just be like, yeah, UFOs have been around. And we'll get actual that disclosure with a capital D that you talk about. Awesome. Okay. Sloan, really good to talk to you again and hopefully hear from yeah. you next time. Okay, man? Yes, Thank sir. You, man. Always a pleasure. And finally, we go from Idaho to Washington and we have Dahlia joining us. Dahlia, welcome to the podcast. Hi, I'm so happy to be here today. Very is, exciting for me. It's exciting for you, us Dahlia. to finally speak to you because we have spoke online a few times back and forward, haven't we? So it's uh, it's nice to put a face to the name as well, which is always good. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Dahlia, the floor is yours. What do you want to talk about? <sighs> okay, well... Um, I've been thinking, especially over the last two years, about the way that humans behave and the things that we do to each other. And obviously, we have a lot of behaviors that are not uh, beneficial for our survival. And I got to thinking, like, you know, why? A lot of this doesn't make sense. I mean, even if you just think about, like, war and racism or sexism or, um, you know, being super territorial, uh, just in general, the violent behavior that humans display towards each other. Like, why do we do that? Because obviously that's not, we're not doing ourselves any favors with this behavior and it doesn't make any logical sense. And we are logical beings. And it's almost like there could possibly be a force coming or a forces coming from somewhere else that is making us judge ourselves. And uh, then I read the three body problem and my brain exploded because <laughs> I thought, and I don't know if you guys have read it yet. I've been bugging you guys to read it. <laughs> I, I am half, I am halfway through. I can confirm right now, halfway through the month. I, I need to catch up a little bit to get ahead so I can record the show talking about it by the end of the month but i will yeah. have done that i i will have done that so yeah i'm halfway through right now it's fascinating and i you know i try to talk to people in my life about it and they're like what are you what like what are you talking about but i just i've wondered if there's something occurring on a level that we can't recognize and in the three body problem it's a, like a subatomic level but that is you know, making us do things like almost like, you know, we're kind of like puppetry. Um, and I normally, I was saying this in a message to you. Um, I normally am kind of a love and light alien person and I apologize. <laughs> like, that's all right. <laughs> uh, and that's just like my own experience, but I can't help but wonder like, and, and to me it could be, it could be many things like there can be, you know, what we would perceive to be good aliens and what we would perceive from our human uh, through our human lens to be bad aliens. Um, but you know, like, why are we doing this? <laughs> why, why are we killing each other? That doesn't make any sense. If you really think about it, it's like, why, like what, like where are these ideas coming from? So timing wise, it's relatively good Dahlia because, uh, 
I, I can say this now. This is going. This show is going to go out in a day. Basically, it might go out tonight on Premium for Patreon and Apple Premium and Spotify Premium people, but um, in the next day or so. But uh, Dan and I were working on a show just now where we're going to be profiling uh, Tom DeLong. And it's going to be part one, part two, maybe a part three, with part one being a lot of Tom DeLong's experiences and claims before Two of the Stars Academy came around. Uh, or And before we knew who Lou Elizondo was and that Chris Mellon was involved as heavily with UFOs and all of that. And listening back in the research part of it to some of the old interviews on, on Jimmy Church or various television interviews or snippets that Dan sent me over that he stored in a wonderful folder that he's got, um, Tom talks about that quite a lot. I mean, this is back in 2016, doesn't it, Dan? With outside forces who want to see the human race, you know, do harm, that they, they feed off of negativity and war uh, and, you know, and fear-mongering and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's interesting that that Tom brought that up and it's never really gone much further from those conversations that he had back then, even though he still kind of mentions it now. As, as to what may or may not be influencing that anymore. But it seems to be that there, there are people quite high up that have hinted at this to Tom and other people as well. Dan, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, it, it reminded me of Tom as well, but in another way, we spoke the other day about um, <clears throat> Tom said that he, he didn't sleep for a few nights and was made uneasy. And, and we were talking about what we thought caused that. And we the, the conversation went down the road of knowing for certain that you don't know what reality truly is and not being certain of even just the room that you're in, let alone the space and the people outside of that. And and then Tom went off and spoke about um, how his mother sees the world through a really religious lens and she would see these forces as, as angels or demons and talk about them in that way. And we know there's kind of supposedly religious sex inside the Pentagon who think of it in this way as well. Um, finding finding that common language for these kind of invisible things, whether we're going to call them, you know, jinn, angels, demons, you know, the Lady of Fatima, all, all these kind of different names um, is going to be really important for, for humanity to address this. Because if they're, if the phenomena is one thing, or if any of the phenomena is one thing appearing as another thing and can manipulate our consciousness, then all bets are kind of off the table, <laughs> quite frankly. Um, you, you know, it, it it reminds me of the the bees that can kind of change the, the frequency of their wings to mimic another uh, bee that isn't a predator to, to their prey. So they can kind of go into their hive and just kind of have their fill. Um, and it worries me in some ways. I'm I'm a little like you, uh, Dali, a little love and light, except during um, doing what people call CE5 once, I, I just got a sense that I was looking at the kind of the light in front of the, the lantern fish, you know, and, and I just thought, ooh, you know, maybe they're not all love and light. Maybe to just say, oh, they're benevolent is, is actually quite naive on my part and there's going to be a much larger scope and a weirder thing to get our heads around. Yeah, I... I wonder if it's some kind of like an evolutionary game. Like we have to, these, these situ situations have been placed before us kind of like this cosmic obstacle course and we have to evolve to see beyond it in order to kind of move to that next 
place where we're, we're able to move beyond our own species. But they're kind of just like waiting for us to get to that place. Because obviously, if we're fighting each other, if, we, if we're killing each other and doing things that are totally irrational and not able to kind of see past that, then we're not ready to meet aliens. Like, <laughs> because yeah. what are we going to do? What's our reaction going to be? If we can't get along with each other, how are we going to get along with other species that are like very different from us? Yeah, so th there's that too that I think about. The, the way I'm, Dan, let me let me come on that before on, I forget this. Right, it's like <laughs> it's interesting, like you say, and it's nice that you say like you're kind of on the love and light side of things, like like Dan can be as well. And if it's a little bit like a safari, where you've got a, a beautiful reserve, ton of land, and some people like to just go through and look at the animals on that safari. You've got rangers who look after the animals, you know, and make sure that they're they're kept safe. They've got food that, you know, their surroundings are, are, are well kept. But then you've got poachers who, who come onto that land to to use the animals for other resources and, you know, for, for really horrible means. You know, look at the way rhinos are hunted for their, for their ivory and things like that. And if, if we are just the same where you've got people kind of looking out for us, but then you've got these others who are who, who don't want to look out for us. The, the way I see humanity at the moment, it, it's too far gone that tomorrow we find out we've got these these alien beings, other entities, whatever it might be. The world overnight doesn't change that everyone's really happy all of a sudden. And do you know what? That's us. We're ready to ascend to a new level of consciousness. That's just... I just can't see how that's possible with the way humanity is. I think that if you came out and told our species as it is now with social media and, and people's psyches the way they are, that you've got a species who are entities looking out for us, who want us to do well and evolve and love each other, I think you would have as many people, maybe not as many, but there'd be a lot of people who would be quite happy to hear there's other forces who want us to fight and do bad things and and not evolve and, you know, it's a little bit. Oh, I was. I saw at the end of the film. The is it the end is not the end of the world or the end is nigh that had um, Seth Rogen and all those guys in it. That kind yeah. of, oh yeah, know. someone told me not to watch that because they said it was too depressing. So I didn't <laughs> watch it. But uh, do you know what? It's funny though. There, there's a part of the film where they. It turns out it is that apocalypse type scenario, but people who have been really good are being taken off taken off the planet. And they're evolving to, you know, they're going to heaven because the world's ending. There's there's demons and everything kicking about and, you know, hell on earth is happening. And during it, like, if they if they commit a good deed, they, they can go to heaven. But where are, there are groups that are quite happy for there to be hell on earth. And while I'm using a Hollywood movie that I can accommodate to talk about that, I think that would probably be about right now as well. So it's a very difficult situation, I think, that you potentially are stuck in the middle of, we're saying two, it could be multiple factions, it could be beings overseeing those entities and beings, if that's how indeed it works. And what, what do you see the route for our species, Dahlia? You know, uh, do you think it's a case of if we do get to interact or find out, we get that disclosure, we find out there are other beings, how do things change from there that we can evolve in the right way? I think that... <sighs> I think that it's already happening. I think that we're or already evolving. Um, I mean, and even if you just look at like technologically wise, 
how much we've changed. And it's kind of like, we don't even notice the change when it's happening, but we're, it's just, it's just happening. And I think it's interesting, um, you know, when you think about religion and that, you know, some people would see this as like angels or God or whatever, but that's another thing that gets me thinking deeply because we're all kind of also programmed to look beyond ourselves to like be looking for this answer in the skies. And where did that come from? So I think with all of these things in place that just, I, I think, I think one day we're just going to wake up and realize that it has happened. That we just, we have this knowingness and this is where we are. I don't think it's going to be like overnight. And this is just me, <laughs> you know, with my predictions. It's as good as anyone's. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But uh, I don't think it's going to be this thing where overnight we find out that there's aliens and we're running in the street and we don't know what's up or down and we're confused and all that. I just, I, I just think we will have that knowingness and it'll be like waking up from a dream. Like, just before. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. That's it. Just before we run out of time, Dahlia, I want to ask everyone, uh, and you're the final call as well, what are your hopes realistically for, for 2022 when it comes to UFOs? What do you expect or hope to see? Oh, gosh. I'm not like, I'm not really versed in all the stuff you guys are versed in. I just kind of like, I'm just kind of looking towards the skies and hoping that we get some answers. I think we're really in this place of just like, we could potentially really grow from what we've experienced. And that, that is my hope that we just see more of the truth. And with that, we become better as people like that's, that's my hope. And I, you know, I'm kind of one of these people where it's like, I think part of the reason why I want, you know, I've just always been looking for aliens and UFOs and all that is because I really need there to be something beyond what we are. Like I, I've got, I've got to believe that. I don't think there's a better way to end the show this week than, than that, Dahlia. So it's a very positive <laughs> yeah. message and positive outlook as well. Dro drop the mic, Dahlia. That was, that was okay. nice. A nice compassionate note to end on. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, Dahlia, lovely speaking with you and hope to speak to you again. Thank you. It's great to speak with you guys too. That is all for this week's show. Thank you very much for listening. Please remember to leave the podcast a review on your chosen platform. You can like, retweet and subscribe. That would all be very much appreciated. The shows are being uploaded onto YouTube as we speak more and more. You can sign up at patreon.com forward slash that UFO podcast to access the shows ad free as well. Please get in touch on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, that UFO podcast. Of course, on Twitter, it's at UFO, U-A-P-A-M. And again, folks, as always, keep looking up. You never know what you might see. It wasn't a tic-tac and not quite a saucer, more like a hubcap designed by Chaucer. A little Baroque and quite steampunk, like Alice was playing bass for the Parliament of Fuck. The little fucker hovered right outside of my window, and when I shut out the screen, he made it an issue. I don't think he expected me to see his ass, but I'd had some champagne and smoked a little more.
imagine how it could have been any better. I got to the top of the stairs and there he was. Like you awake? I was about to abduct you, cuz. Something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.